right, week two, NFL pod, John Reed, Corey Gunkel. Corey, we've had one suggestion for a podcast name. Are you ready to hear it? Yeah, hit me. And feel free to uh, keep sending in suggestions. We will uh, keep going through them until we find the winner. But uh, we had a, a listener suggest shooting the shield. Oh, I like that. I actually like that a lot. That's pretty good. I mean, it sounds a little corporate-y. It sounds like we're kind of like NFL employees, and we're doing like a, a breakdown of how great it is to work at the NFL, but I really like the play on words. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, so I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Shooting the Shield. So that is the uh, the week two name of this podcast. We will see if anyone gives us a better suggestion, but welcome in to episode two of Shooting the Shield John Reed, Corey Gunkel, week two, not all the way in the books. We got Monday Night Football tonight. We're recording this about 5.20 Eastern time. Saints, Raiders. But outside of that, we had a full Sunday worth of action. Corey, what's your biggest takeaway from week two so far? Oh, I mean, <laughs> the Falcons are abject losers. That is my biggest takeaway we knew it after 2000, what was it, the 16, 17 Super Bowl, whatever it was. And I've known it my entire life. But, John, I'm sure you've seen the stat. And if you haven't heard this before, please uh, stop driving because you might crash your car, especially if you're a Falcons fan. Three, 339 and 0 teams were when they scored 39 points and didn't have a turnover. Since 1933, no team had ever lost a game scoring that many points and not having a turnover until the Atlanta Falcons did it yesterday. I don't know if you saw the win probability, John. It literally looked like the 08 stock market before my dad lost the house. It was like 99.9% up, 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 and then it just crashed. It totally crashed. I was giddy. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. They barely targeted Julio Jones. He was, you know, he pulled a Randy Bullocks and faked a hammy inch. Injury after that because he was so upset at not getting targeted. I'll tell you why Julio doesn't get targeted. It's because last year, John, he had the same amount of touchdown catches as Taysom Hill. So that's why he doesn't get targeted anymore. The Falcons are abject losers, and I enjoyed yesterday more than some Saints games I've watched. It was incredible. Poor Falcons. They suck. They suck. Get out of here. You're all, you're god awful. They just watch the ball. They I will say this though. In their defense, I know we've had some fun on the podcast uh, uh you know, shitting on the Falcons, but blowing a 20-point lead is progress for them. So I w- I do want to say that that I that they that, that is better than what we have seen in the past. I mean, If I'm a Falcons fan, maybe I'm thinking glass, not half full, not half full, but like there's still hope for me if I'm a Falcons fan, just because we had the 19 point lead, just because like you saw what Russell Wilson did to the Patriots secondary. So maybe I don't feel as bad for what he did to the Falcons secondary. And then I look at my schedule and I'm like, okay, we can win a couple of these games. Like they're favored this weekend. Three and a half over the Bears. So, like, maybe you're, like, not all doom and gloom. But it's just embarrassing. It's another embarrassing loss for the Falcons. It's going to get added right there to the 28-3 to lore. Yep. Yep. And uh, It's John- just another chapter. And, and to be honest, I'm quite offended just from being an Atlanta Hawks fan. I know this is an NFL podcast, <laughs> but my NBA team being in Atlanta, I, I don't like that I get lumped in. 
compared. Well, you know, Atlanta is the worst sports town in America, so um, it's understandable why you wouldn't want to be associated with the city and with that team, which is god-awful. And I do want to make a quick correction here. I was wrong. I want to give the Falcons credit. Um, teams weren't 339-0 and when scoring 39 points with zero turnovers since 1933 when team turnovers were first tracked. Uh, they were 440-0. and So I just wanted to make that correction. So excuse me for that. Yeah, and I want to say there was something like 6 and like 1,830 up 15 or down 15, I guess. The, the teams down 15 with four minutes left were – had only won six of like 1,850 games or something crazy like that. It was a historic loss for the Falcons. So that was your biggest takeaway was Cowboys survive. Because, I mean, the Cowboys going 0-2, you know how the shows would have been. Everybody would have been melting down. So. Oh, yeah. I was happy either way. Laugh at the Falcons. Make fun of them. Bad news for them. To me, like, it's still like uh, uh, the MVP race is going to dominate the headlines for me for the first couple of weeks. Just because I think we're, we're going to have four pretty good candidates between... Mahomes and him, you know, stealing a victory from the Chargers. Uh, Lamar, the Ravens have won 14 straight games by an average of 19 points in the regular season. That seems absurd to me. That's insane. I will keep it. I will remind you guys who the last team to beat them was and actually dominate them was. That was the Tennessee Titans. But um, you know, regular season, Lamar, he is the Giannis Antetokounmpo of the NFL. They have won 14 straight by double did or with an average of 19 points. And then Russell Wilson did what he did on Sunday night. God, he's, he's good. Only the second quarterback ever to throw for five touchdowns against a Bill Belichick Patriots defense. And then I still got to keep my eye on uh, Kyler with Arizona. If they have like a magical season, he'll have the numbers. He's going to run for probably close to 1,000 yards. And, you know, maybe keep an eye on Aaron Rodgers if the Packers keep scoring a whole bunch of points because they've scored back-to-back Uh, 40-point games, the last time they did that, he won the MVP. So just something to keep an eye on as the Packers' look. offense looks pretty good so far. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think last week on the inaugural podcast, I told our listeners that, all three of you, um, that nobody in the NFL scares me more than Russell Wilson. And last night, you saw why. He throws the prettiest ball in the NFL. And when he's on, the Seahawks look unstoppable. DK Metcalf is a star. He will be a star. Nobody should look like that and be able to run that fast and be that strong. It sh- it should not be allowed. Is it crazy to say DK's already a, a top ten wide receiver? I I I mean I don't know. I, I it wouldn't. Watching what he did just to find Gilmore, I was like, this is a guy that's already kind of top ten, or like right on the doorstep of being top ten. Exactly. When you can do that to one of the best corners in football, you're a stud. No question about it. We can parse, you know, top 10 or 20 or whatever, but no no doubt about it, he's in the conversation as a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, the Seahawks look really, really good. Uh, the Chiefs, I will say this, though. It was one of those odd uh, Sundays because it felt like for, for the first time in forever, the Chiefs didn't look like just gargantuan, you know, killers. They didn't look like they just were head and shoulders above whoever they were playing. Um, and I thought that was a really fun game to watch, the, the Chargers-Chiefs game, uh, with Justin Herbert, you know, coming in and, and surprising everyone. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's your MVP race right now. Uh, Rodgers doesn't have the pieces around him. I don't think that, that I don't think they'll stay healthy uh, long enough for him to put up gaudy numbers the same way you'll see from Mahomes and from Lamar. So, But he's obviously in the conversation. 
I mean, I don't know. I think uh, that LaFleur offense has won a lot of games. Like, I mean, I know we kind of, sh- you know, uh, didn't give them credit last year for going 13-3, and but they're 15-3 and with him as the uh, offensive coordinator. Or, excuse me, running the offense while being the head coach. And, yeah. you know, Aaron Jones looks good, and they still – I mean – you can argue about DeAndre Hopkins, I guess. You can ar- argue about Tyreek Hill, whatever. But, like, to me, Devontae Adams might be the best skill player out of all those teams. I mean, I know I said DK Metcalf is a rising top 10 receiver, but everyone knows that Devontae Adams is a top 10 receiver, and he might be just as good as DeAndre Hopkins at this point. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Aaron Jones, by the way, from Conference USA, baby. Been a long line of greats. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree. A, the lo- end- a long, a long, lo- a long line of greats. Please name five more greats. Okay, well, uh, let me see. Brett Favre, even though he didn't actually play in Conference USA, he was in the school. Doesn't count. Okay, if we're only doing Conference USA, then you got to go Thomas Morstead, beast. Uh, you got to go Ahmad Bradshaw. You got to go. Uh, you got to go uh, Nick Mullins, just beast. Jamie Collins, beast. Uh, you know, and, uh, there's surely a ton more, you know, I, I don't even want to sit here and waste time naming all of them because there's probably so Okay. Many. Yeah. Long, long line of three players. Cool. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like I said, uh, one of my big takeaways from jumping, uh, one of my big takeaways from the weekend is that winning solves a lot of problems. Winning gives you a lot of credibility usually. And I think the winning has to be extreme too, because, you can make the case that Bill O'Brien has won, right? I mean, I right. think he's taken the division crown four or five years since becoming a head coach. Which is an indictment on the Titans, but yes, continue. That's fair, but I mean, like we were down a couple years, but we should have won it last year. Like, we should have won the division last year. That's on us. But anyways, Bill O'Brien gets clowned for his GMing, and, you know, rightfully so. What he got for DeAndre Hopkins is laughable, and they definitely need a number one receiver, and he's going to waste DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to waste Sean Watson. But either way, I was watching the Patriots last night, and I was just like, man, Belichick's scheme and Tom Brady's scheme and Josh McDaniels, whatever, uh, has really protected Bill Belichick, the GM. Because I'm watching last night, and I'm like, man, DK Metcalf looks like a top 10 receiver. Oh, yeah, there's Nikhil Harry, who the Patriots drafted before him. Yep. Like, like a whole two yards. rounds before him, basically, or a whole round before him. Uh, you know, A.J. Brown. Taken right after Nikhil Harry. Terry McLaurin uh, taken after Nikhil Harry. There were a lot of good receivers in that draft, and somehow Bill came out with maybe the worst. Yeah. It's with Nikhil lo- Harry? It's looking like it. It's looking like it. And uh, I, I think you're exactly right. And I think the other kind of the, the flip coin there uh, that I noticed while watching that game was how the hell did we let him get camp? Because, like you said, the Tom Brady was able to cover up a lot of those, uh, a lot of those maybe uh, you know more spurious picks that Bill Belichick has done, and he doesn't get. We talked about this last week as well. He doesn't get uh, the criticisms that he probably deserves from his draft history, um, especially of late because of the on-field success. Well, I wasn't even I wasn't even finished. Uh, I was looking at uh, just to kill Harry because I mean they they need receivers and they could have had DK Metcalf <laughs> pretty easily. Uh, also, uh, I think back to 2018 when they drafted Sony Michelle in the first round and Sony Michelle, you know, maybe it, it's not as bad of a miss if you were desperately wanting to go running back, even though Nick Chubb went five spots after and Nick Chubb obviously better. But, uh, do you remember where Sony Michelle went drafted in 2018, Corey? No, no, I don't. He went number 31. 
Do you know who went number 32 in go, the go. 2018 NFL draft? Who was it? Lamar uh, Jackson. Oh, wow. So you're talking about them getting Ooh. Cam Newton. Like, we should have let him get Lamar Jackson. Yeah, no, I mean, God, I can only imagine what that offense would have looked like with Lamar instead of uh, the older iteration of Cam. But um, that's pretty. And that bad. was while Tom Brady was on it. That was while Tom Brady was on his last legs. And I, I you know, just uh, funny to see that work out. And then like last year, you know, he trades a second round pick for Muhammad Sanu, and Muhammad Sanu never does anything for them. So I was just noticing like winning protects you from a lot of things, and, and I think that's fair. Like if Belichick, the GM, isn't bad enough to sabotage. Bill Belichick, the coach, then maybe it's not that big of a deal. But as we've seen in Houston, Bill Bel- uh, Bill O'Brien, the GM, has completely derailed Bill O'Brien, the coach. Yeah, I mean, he is he's the – if you're an right. AFC – I mean, the Texans, they just have no talent. Right, right. If you're an AFC South opponent, you you want Bill O'Brien to stay there forever because he absolutely just sabotages. Which is funny because he won the division four or five years. Right, exactly. It's like it, – it's the biggest paradox in, in the world. Like, I feel like if this is – if this, if the equilibrium there somehow gets mis, mis, messed up, you know, we're going to have like a whole wormhole in the universe or something. But you're right. I mean, winning cures it all. And I think on the flip side of that, winning meaningfully uh, it, it cures all. Because Bill O'Brien, if they win the division and lose in the first round again, he might be gone. So, like, it's it, – you're right. you got to win meaningful games. And uh, did you see Cam was 96% of their offensive output last night? Or, or should I say Sunday night? I mean, that's ridiculous. He was so effective, and that was I think that was like the first time he'd ever lost yards in a QB sneak. So, incredible game. The game start the, the weekend, the Sunday game started with that insane Cowboys comeback and ended uh, with that wonderful Seahawks-Pats game. So, we got a pretty good weekend of football overall, I think. A lot of people died, though. That was another thing that stuck out to me. There were so many huge injuries. Before we move on, I just want to make a couple points. Uh, apparently this is the third straight Seahawks Patriots game that has ended up on the one yard line and the team with the ball all three times has lost that game. Wow. The Super Bowl, of course, the Super Bowl with Malcolm Butler, Tennessee Titan legend, uh, intercepting Russell Wilson. You had the 2016 game they kept showing where Grant gets stopped, I believe by Cam Chancellor on fourth and goal. And then last night, Cam Newton stopped as time runs out. So three straight Seahawks. Patriots game that's ended up on the one yard line. The the lose the losing team had the ball and could not punch it in. But uh, I will say about the Cam Newton stuff. Cam looks good. Cam definitely should have gotten a job. It shouldn't have been as tough for him to get a job. Uh, he shouldn't have had to play for the for the vet minimum basically. But I also will say I'm on alert about the Seahawks secondary. I'm not exactly sure they were the toughest to go up against, especially whenever you had uh you know guys dropping like flies. They were a team that took some injuries. I don't know how serious they are. I know Bruce Irvin's hurt. That's a team that already needed pass rushing. They they missed Clowney. They wanted to keep Clowney. And now they have even one less pass rusher. But they did not have the worst day injury-wise in the NFC West. That was the 49ers. I had a feeling the 49ers would have a, a season from hell. You know, I, I picked them to miss the playoffs. But even I felt bad yesterday. Like, not like this. Not like this. Don't make it this easy where just everyone goes out. Like, Bosa went out. Thomas went out. Mostert went out. Just a lot of injuries for a team that was already banged up from the preseason. Yeah, they. I mean, they. I think they had five starters go out, and Bosa's done for the year. Garoppolo's out for at least a month, if not longer. Um, we'll see on Mostert. That one seems to be the least serious of all of them, and uh, even that might sideline him for multiple weeks. So yeah, they, they're dropping like flies in San Francisco. And if you did pick, which you said last week as well, the 49ers to 
uh, have a down year, then, I mean, this is a perfect recipe for that. When you just get banged up, you're coming off a, you know, a Super Bowl loss, and then you start the year just with bang, just getting smoked by injuries. Tough to come back from that, especially with a first-place schedule. Uh, so 49ers not looking great for you. Now, you do get your boy Nick Mullins coming in. So, you know, they, they're going to be in good hands. He's one of the best backups in the league. But, you know, you still you still can't make up for losing Bosa or, uh, you know, losing Raheem Mostert, who looks like, you know, incredible. So I, I agree. I think the 49ers, uh, it's, it's not cutting time. As we say in the business, I don't know what business that is, but it's, uh, yeah, it's getting, it's getting pretty serious. Castration. Yeah, uh, something The like cattle that. business, we nut cut a lot, so that checks out. Um, I don't know how big of a drop-off they're going to have from Garoppolo to Mullins, though. Like, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be that drastic. I totally agree, and I'm, I am a Southern Miss homer, so I, but I'm not even just saying that because of that. I, I truly think, because obviously if you're going to have to uh, play with a backup quarterback you want someone like Nick Mullins, and if you're going to have to coach, or, or if you're going to be a fan of somebody who's coaching a backup quarterback, you want it to be Shanahan. I mean, that's obvious. So, I, I yeah, I don't think that – I wouldn't be too concerned with the offensive play, honestly. Uh, it's going to be the defense. Like, losing Bosa is just monumental. 49ers, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, they'll, they'll get Debo back soon, so they'll at least have a wide receiver, but – uh, the injury bug and the first place schedule and the Super Bowl hangover, that's a uh, tough trio to overcome. What quarterback are you more worried about coming out of Sunday? Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins? Both 0-2. Oh, my God. That's the hardest question I've ever had. And, and you know, in the ACT wasn't that hard, so I guess that's not a huge saying. But, God, that's tough. I mean, Kirk Cousins looked awful. I would say Carson Wentz because at least Kirk Cousins has shown me before that he can make the throw in the playoffs to win you the game. Oh, oh yeah, you saw that up close and personal. Yeah, unfortunately so. But, Oof. but imagine losing year, to that guy in the playoffs. My yeah, God. Uh, every year, I mean, I, we have this conversation about Kirk Cousins every single year. Who is he? We know nothing. Yeah, but usually it's after usually it's after like a back breaking interception or a right. primetime loss. Man, right. they, he, he had like yeah, he's he's. They've been by far the worst offense in the league. And I know like his, his final numbers against Green Bay didn't look as bad because of prolonged garbage time. But in that first half, he was like three for five with an interception like 20 yards. Yeah, I mean, right now you'd have to say Kirk Cousins. And then yesterday was just abysmal against a Colts team that Awful. You know, was banged up in the secondary. Awful. He was, I think he completed 11 passes total, three picks, and a QBR of 9.3. I mean, that's it's very pathetic. So right now, Kirk Cousins looks worse. Um, I would be more worried if I was an Eagles fan, though, because they just look across the board abjectly terrible. But yeah, I would say Kirk Cousins. But I mean, both of them look very bad right now. And I, if I was a fan of either team, or if I was playing either one of them in fantasy for some stupid reason, um, I would be very concerned because they both look god-awful. And it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. I feel bad for Eagles fans a little bit. I mean, I get—I know they got a reputation for being jerks. I don't really know too many Eagles fans in real life, but and they do have their Super Bowl, so maybe I don't feel too bad for them. But like, it has to be just so tantalizingly frustrating to know that the last time Wentz was fully healthy, he sort of was going to be the winner of the MVP award, and then he got hurt, and he's just never been the same. And last year. He actually kind of put the team on his back and just didn't have any wide receivers and played really well. 
So people made excuses for him. Just like, hey, he has no pass catching. Like Nelson Aguilar can't catch. Oshon Jeffries hurt. Like he's throwing to just nothing but tight ends and running backs. He's good. He's good. And then now you get here this year, and he just looks completely awful. He looks terrible. I mean, he looks really bad. Um, and the, yeah, I think this is going to be one of those years for the Eagles because of it. Um, but yeah, right now I would say Kirk Cousins. If I had to pick one to start a game, I would take Wentz because Kirk Cousins just looks that bad. And the Vikings just look that bad. And, and we're starting to see now, um, you know, you take away Stefan Diggs and you take that away from Kirk Cousins. And I mean, he just, he doesn't even look like a starter in the NFL. So I, I don't know. I mean, they, they just look really, really, really bad. And it, it makes me happy because I don't like the Vikings. But um, yeah, I, I would probably have to say Cousins is, oh, is the worst. Titans get uh, to go to Minnesota this weekend. That should be a beatdown. I mean, that, Titans that, hang to Minnesota, looking to go three and zero. That should be a beatdown. You'll get to uh, well, you know that that's an interesting thing too. Is the the Titans uh, things don't look great early. You come back and win the game, just win, baby, like you say. No, we dominated. We dominated that game. We dominated oh, okay, that game. Things okay. didn't look good early. What do you mean? It was it was fourteen nothing before. Before, like, I even got settled in on the couch. What are you talking about? It looked great the whole time. No, I mean, just allowing the comeback seemed a little spurious to me. But, hey, you know. I mean, we never, we never lost the lead. That's, hey, we, hey, man. We That's never trailed. Win. That's a big win. The Jags are, the Jags We are, never trailed. We, we led, we led, like, we led, like, 55 of the, of the 60 minutes. Or like, I guess fifty four of the like fifty three of the sixty minutes. I'm happy for you. I mean, that's a top four team in the in the AFC South. So I'm I'm very happy for you. Titans get the win. They should be three and zero if they're playing the Vikings next week. That's a gimme. I mean, at this point, I uh, agree. I mean, I wouldn't call it a gimme. It's it's the NFL. There's no such thing as a gimme. And the Vikings are going to be playing for their lives. But like, I uh, I like our chances. We have a uh, top three quarterback in the AFC who has I don't know if you noticed led two game winning drives so far this year. Yeah, two game winning drives so far this year. Uh, Ballin yesterday, four touchdowns. One of the most beautiful passes you'll ever see to Adam Humphreys. Like I said, got up apparently and said and won because he got crushed on the throw. But that's what my quarterback does. He gets up and trash talks. Broncos, the Broncos and Jags. I, I'm excited to see once the preseason ends. I'm excited to see what the Titans are able to do. Um, and, and yeah, we got Steelers. We got Steelers week four. Bills week five. Uh, Texans week six and. It's funny you mentioned that. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead and tell me who you're playing week six. No, that's it. I was just going to say, like, Texans. So, like, our next three games after this one, three teams in the AFC that matter. Yep. The Steelers, the Bills, who Josh Allen looked pretty good. And that's that defense gives us trouble. So, like, that's going to be a good matchup. And then the Texans, who, you know, is just a division rival. You know those games are tough. They are. And that's what I, that's what I was going to ask. The Bills, I feel like we have to make a call right now. Like, are they for real? Are they for real? Is is Josh Allen the guy that's going to fumble in the AFC Championship game and throw a pick and lose by 20? Or is he going to be the guy that we saw yesterday who looked really damn good? Well, just, I think if you go to the AFC Championship, you're for real. Yeah. Now, like, the question will be, can the Bills even win a playoff game? Because they should have beat Houston last year. They should have. They blew a twenty what four lead point lead seventeen point lead. They blew it. They blew a terrible lead. They so. looked like the Falcons in that game. But I will say Josh Allen, and this is something people like. He threw some bad passes yesterday too. Like even when they were trying to nurse a lead, like sure. the, the Dolphins dropped the interception. But I will say this is the first time he's had a number one receiver. 
and that can be the difference maker, as we we just talked about that with Kirk Cousins. I mean, you can be, you'd be amazed, especially a guy like Josh Allen who can throw the ball 180 yards. Like, I mean, when you have that kind of speed and you have a true number one, it just elevates your offense in a way that um, is hard to quantify when you don't have one, as we're seeing with Kirk Cousins now. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say that that addition of a true number one in Diggs and then the way Josh Allen looks. Well, I won't even say that the Vikings don't have one because I still think Thielen's really good. He is. But, it, but when, you only, when you only have one, that's when you run into trouble. And, like, John Brown and Cole Beasley, both pretty good complimentary receivers. Like, John Brown, I, I think, is pretty good. He can't be your number one, but I think he's a really dangerous number two. And now, like, in Minnesota, I don't think there's any coincidence. Like, you remove Diggs, and it's just Thielen, and now all of a sudden Thielen can't get open when it matters. And the Vikings have nobody else that can beat you. Justin Jefferson not ready as a rookie. Especially, like, a rookie with no preseason, no training camp, really. Right. And I think this way, I mean, the Bills, you, you, you finally shed Tom Brady. Um, you know the Dolphins aren't going to be great. Um, so you just, I mean, the defense is awesome. So, I mean, it's just going to be, I, I really feel like they're just a quarterback away, and it's going to be up to Josh Allen. And if he's, if he's, if he can play like he did Sunday consistently, maybe not as good, but just a little bit better, and, and we know he's a turnover machine, that's the question. Because I feel like that's the difference like not turning the ball over in the NFL at this point, like, like Drew Brees, we all, we, you know, we make fun or you do at least I don't, but like, you know, you can't throw the ball anymore, but you, yeah, you don't have to. You still win 13 games without doing that. As long as you take care of the football, you don't, if you're not causing losses, uh, you can be a productive quarterback. And I think that's, what's going to Josh Allen, that that's going to be what comes down to it is can he limit the turnovers? And because they have everything else in my view, I, I, I really like the bills. Bills, Rams next weekend, that will tell us more about both those teams. Like, what does Josh Allen look like when Jalen Ramsey is completely shutting down Diggs? Then what happens? The Bills, I mean, we'll find out about them. They play Rams at Vegas, at Tennessee, home for Kansas City. Those next four games, what are like if they're if they're four and two, they're for real. If they're three and three, the book will be out, and there's a chance they go two and four, in my opinion. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost the next four to the Rams, Raiders, Titans, Chiefs. This is a tough stretch, yeah. It's early. It's week two. They look really good, but keep in mind they beat up on the Dolphins and the Jets. Yep. Yep. So the jury is still out. It's it, The jury is still out. Was there? Are, are you convinced of anybody at this point other than the, the usual suspects? The Ravens and Chiefs. The Ravens and Chiefs. I'm convinced of them. Uh, I think the Titans are good. I think we'll figure out what's wrong with our defense. I mean, we, our secondary is banged up. I think we'll be there. I think the Steelers are a playoff team. Uh, I'm convinced in all four of those teams. That's about it in the AFC that I'm convinced of. In the NFC, I'm convinced the Seahawks are going to win just because their schedule is pretty easy and Russell Wilson's going to win MVP. And I'm convinced of the uh, Packers being a playoff team. Outside of that... Um, I'm wide open. We'll see it tonight with the Saints. I mean, I'm not just saying that. Like, we'll see what happens with the Saints. Uh, if they have a good performance, I'll feel good about them. But uh, those are the only two teams that've played two games so far that I'm convinced in. Am I missing? Am I missing anybody? No, I, that I'm right there with you. I mean, I obviously would add the Saints. I I really do think they're the deepest team in football um, across the board. So, and I think you know, I'm really excited to see what they do without Michael Thomas because I I just love like Deontay Harris. 
I just love a guy, an undrafted kick returner who runs like a 4-0 is just, that's my crypto. I love that so much. And he's a guy I'm excited to see in the offense and playing actual, you know, receiver instead of just returning kicks. So I'm, I'm convinced that the Saints, even if they get banged up, will be fine. I think they're a top three team in the NFC. But other than that, no, I am not convinced of anyone. I don't think the Bucks are good still. I'm the, the Niners. Nah, Brady... They had a lot of drop passes in Tampa Bay yesterday, which hurt Brady, but he still doesn't look right. He's mm-hmm. old. I mean, that defense is pretty good, though. I think that defense will kind of be like you said with the Saints. Just if Brady just plays okay, they'll get to 10 wins and get in the playoffs. Yep, yep, yep. So I, I think they still have a shot, but I'm not convinced of anyone else. And I, I kind of like it this way. I like it this way. You know, I feel good about the Rams and Cardinals having a chance to get in the playoffs just because I, I think the NFC is going to struggle to have seven good teams with the expanded playoffs. So. Um, but as far as the teams that have played two games that I, I think are champion could win the championship, uh, not counting the Saints because they've only played one, I would say the Seahawks and the Packers. Yep, I agree. And I'm excited to see the Packers more too. Nobody in the NFC East. Garbage. Nobody in the NFC South just yet. Um, all right, you got anything else? I got a question I want to ask you. If not, a little hypothetical. A Hit little uh, f- looking into the future. Okay, uh, let's just say next five years. Uh, quarterback you want to build your franchise around Lamar, Mahomes, Tannehill, or Kyler? Oh man, that is tough. Rank those four Mahomes, Lamar, Tannehill, Kyler. I mean, I would probably, I mean, I, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, number one. I just think he does things I've never seen before. No, I don't actually care. I was just I was just wanting you to say Ryan Tenhill. Okay, so, yeah, no, not Ryan. He's number four. So nope. I was curious if you were going to say that. Uh, and I would say I will credit. say, and this is a name that you probably haven't heard a lot of, but there's another like um, another guy that I was thinking of in that vein is I would probably have to have Taysom Hill in there as well. You know, oh the, the performing okay. Mormon, the twenty one million dollar man, baby. All right, I want you to uh, call your shot tonight. No homer corner since uh, you know your team hasn't played yet. Okay. My team hasn't played yet, excuse me. Yep. Uh, call your shot, though. What happens with the Saints? Because I really hope you're wrong and that we get to play it back next week. <laughs> oh, okay, I see how it goes. Uh, uh, Saints win this comfortably. Uh, no Michael Thomas, no matter. Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook. Uh, I'm going to say Jared Cook ha- catches two touchdown passes, and I'm also going to say that Deontay Harris is going to be the talk of the game. He's going to have either a long catch or like a kick return for a touchdown. Um, and I think the Saints are going to put a hurting on him. And I will say also Cam Jordan, three sacks by himself. I think people are going to be turning this one off in uh, the, the very beginning of the third quarter. Except for me. I'll watch the whole thing. No one actually turns the games off. There's too much fantasy stuff. There's too much gambling going on. No one's, no one's turning the game off. It's true. It's true. And there's a lot of fantasy players tonight. I'm there There's start. a reason the NFL is king. The, no one turns the games off. Like we sat there and watched all of the Bengals and Browns, bro. I know, God, I know. Why well, I am just wasting my life, but oh well, it beats learning. It beats doing anything else. Just enjoy the football. Melt your brain and do not think about anything. Don't extend any mental effort on anything outside of your fantasy team. Can we get an update on the uh, Rogaine, please? Yeah, um, it actually looks a little better. And I, I think I haven't taken a picture. I've been waiting for an entire month before I do a, a next picture update. So I'm going to take another picture 
next uh in like october or whatever the date was i have it you know written down and uh but i think it, it looks a little thicker i mean it, it really does when i just anecdotally i look in the mirror i kind of give myself a little you know like uh what's it looking like i think it's a little thicker it may be placebo effect but i think it's working I think it's working. Okay. We will uh, continue to check in with your hair. Um, <laughs> you feeling good? No, no bad side effects? Nothing bad? No, 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 no. I, uh, I was throwing up blood for about three days. But other than that, uh, no, I'm actually fine. And it, it actually does look like it's working. But I did hear a horror story. Um, a friend was telling me that her dad did this. And, of course, you know, that's, you know, how awful my hair situation is that – I'm doing Rogaine and my friend's dads uh, are the ones who have... Look, buddy, you don't have to... Look, baldness knows no age, okay? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I shouldn't... You're right. I shouldn't be uh, ageist. And I got a problem with all the Snapchat filters. I don't know if you're on Snapchat. I've been getting a lot of Snapchats of people with bald heads appropriating my culture. Yeah, my culture... Your culture's not their costume. I'm not going to say it's blackface, but it's like two rungs below it. It's baldface. And, uh, and, and, and it's a bald face lie to say that it's not hurtful. And, um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling good about it, but she said that her dad did it and the excess dripping, cause you know, you got to pour a milliliter of this just liquid into your head, uh, and let it dry. She said that, uh, her dad let it run down the back of his neck. Uh, and then, you know, would sometimes forget about it or just like kind of barely wipe it off and forget about it. And he started growing an actual rat tail up his neck connecting to the hair uh, from the drippings of the Rogaine. So that terrified me. So now I'm like, I'm more worried about that than, than COVID at this point in my household. So that's what I'm focused on is just making sure that I don't start growing a reverse rat tail from the Rogaine. But other than that, it looks to be working. I will say at least she uh, gave you uh, the horror story. So you're ready to go. Like, you know what to look out for. Yep, yep, I'm ready to go. So I'll, I'll, I'll give an update, maybe do a picture, uh, a comparison next month in the Discord or something because I think it's working, but I, I need other eyes. All right, Corey Gunkel, enjoy Monday Night Football tonight. We'll talk again next Monday uh, on Shooting the Shield, unless someone sends us better names. See you.